Hey, Obsessors, welcome to another episode of Obsessed. We have been waiting for this man to join our stage of Obsessed for so long, and we have him here, Dr. Nima Ramani, and his mission, everything he does is to get to the root causes of our trauma, the trauma we have in our life, and to unearth it, unleash it, accept it, and let it go. And it is powerful. It is life-changing. I know for one, it has changed my life. So don't forget to tap on those five stars. Follow Dr. Nima Romani because you will see his genius is contagious. Get obsessed with your life. Hey guys, welcome to Obsessed. Think of us as your personal development entourage, all wrapped up into one podcast. If you're committed to your personal development and believe your life is meant for more, then get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life. Get obsessed with your life, just like us. We are Tia, Tristan, Mika, and Julie, and we are obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Hi, I'm Tristan, and I'm obsessed with your emotional well-being. Obsessors, we finally have him here. We have the badassery master, or the master of badassery here, Dr. Nima Romani. And we have been waiting for him for ages, and today's the day. So sit back, enjoy, and welcome Dr. Nima to Obsessed. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're happy to, right? We're we're happy to have you here. Um, I want to ask you, like, what are you obsessed with? Wow. What am I obsessed with? I'm obsessed with getting to the root cause of healing. I'm obsessed with uh, with understanding the why behind something is happening. Uh, I'm obsessed with going back in time and looking at the history of something to have an understanding of exactly why it's there. I believe if we become masters of our history, if we can learn how to properly look at and contextualize our history and reorganize it, we then can be incredibly powerful in the present. So I'm obsessed with history, my history, your history, history in general, history of why things come to be so that I can gain an understanding. And then once I'm there, what ends up happening is if I have an understanding of that history, I have an understanding of the thing in front of me. And that gives me potential to join that thing in front of me to lead it where I'd like to go. So by understanding my history, by becoming obsessed with my history to gain a greater understanding of my present, I now have the tools, the foundation to create a future. So that's a great question. I've I've never been asked that question. And so that gave me an opportunity to go, what has it been? And that's what it is. I love that. And I'm guessing that means you have quite the history, professional, personal, that got you to this point to become obsessed with it. Can you kind of dive in there? Yeah. My first experience with this whole, with, with what I'm doing now, which is helping people break cycles of intergenerational trauma. Look at that breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. What does that mean? Is that 
each one of us sitting here right now, Mika, Tia, Jules, myself, we literally are not uh, like we're carrying all of the hurts, the wounds, the traumas of all of our ancestors. They're in our bodies right now. So we cannot ignore history when we're here. My history, Mika's history, Tia, Jules, just by understanding your backgrounds, your upbringings, you have a foundation of understanding each other. Uh, and so my history was brought me to wanting to become a healer, somebody who was a doctor who can transform somebody's health. And when I had my first chiropractic adjustment, when I was 13, I got up off the table and I said, I can't believe how amazing I feel physically, structurally, mentally. And I knew that I wanted to become a chiropractor because that was the power that that dude had in his hands to change the way I felt. I want to be able to have that impact on other people. And then becoming a chiropractor and after 10, 15 years of doing it, I realized that the people who are coming in to see me are dealing with stress-related problems. I wanted to, instead of dealing with the headaches and hip pain that resulted because of all the stress that happened because of how the, you know, they've been dealing with the divorce or the, the, the grief of a lost loved one, I wanted to go into history instead of dealing with the end stage of that stress. I wanted to go up and deal with the upstream root cause and this search, if I could make a long story short, essentially the root cause of the root cause historically behind most of our problems in relationships and health, I've discovered is an attachment trauma in our history, which each, which each one of us has suffered in our own unique way, which is personalized, but it's universal to all of us. And I discovered that attachment traumas from our primary caregivers, whether you were adopted, whether you had foster care, whether there was abuse, whether there was separation, all trauma really is is separation, causing us to separate from ourselves. That's the primary wound. And I became obsessed with teaching people, first of all, working on that primary wound within myself, but then teaching people how to recognize their triggers coming up, where they're coming from. So they could take responsibility to resolve the core primary attachment trauma, which is detachment from self within each trigger, within each anxiety, within each health issue, within each relationship problem. And so it's informed this obsession with going upstream to the history has now led me to become talking about traumas. And then when we go into the history of your trauma, we realize it wasn't even about your parents either. It was about their parents, parents, parents. We got to go back. That is in so history. fascinating, Dr. Nima. Yeah. So you're saying that generational trauma, I could be experiencing something that my great grandmother or great, great grandmother had as well. Can you, you explain are that? experiencing it? How does that happen? Well, let me give you an example. It's a very classic example. If your parents were born in the Ukraine during the war, where there was famine and starvation because of the dictatorship. Ukrainian in that wartime has the children feeling this deep scarcity of we don't know when the next meal is going to be. If you survive that 
and then you come to America, Canada, wherever, and you have that in your, like you have that in your epigenome, like your body has, your physiology has adapted to that, even though you might be in your 50s and 60s with kids, 40s, for example, having kids, you still have the stress of the famine in your body. And so you might raise your children with a different relationship with food constantly, like you got like pushing it on them, right? For example, you got to finish at like, and, and then the child then feels the anxiety that the parent felt, even though the child didn't go through that experience, it was downloaded to them, right? Clean plate club. I grew up with the clean plate club. Exactly. Why? Because of poverty, for example, if there was poverty, then lack of scarcity, lack of resources, then scarcity trauma is big in the body. And so it, the anxiety that a parent feels, and we're all, you know, I'm a parent now. So my reactivity and the way that I view the world is completely informed by all of the stresses and the traumas that I've gone through. So that is going to be downloaded to my son by my reactivity. And so this is how intergenerational trauma happens. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just, it's like, for example, if you have, if you were bitten by a dog, I'm going to give a very easy example. You were bitten by a dog as a child. You now have a deep kind of trauma when it comes to seeing a dog. So then even if you don't deal with it, you can grow older, have kids. And then all of a sudden a dog comes up to your little one friendly, but the dog comes up and you're like, ah! my one-year-old Dominic. Oh my God. Oh my God. The dog. And now I've traumatized my, my son who doesn't know he's supposed to be afraid of dogs until I downloaded my trauma onto him. And now next time he sees the dog, he then has that experience in his physiology. And so this is kind of like a little example that I'm giving but this is how intergenerational trauma happens. So now when you think of family secrets, now when you think of so-and-so touched so-and-so, but you don't tell anybody, right? And you keep that secret and that secret that's buried inside of you all of a sudden is an anxiety because of a younger self that's, you know, and then so then you grow up and then you have this shame that you're holding on to. Guess what happens with shame? You're going to want to keep things a secret from your kid. So then it just keeps, so how does it happen? It's happening unconsciously. We can't even, it's like a fucking tidal wave, a real pandemic of intergenerational trauma, just pouring onto our children through the anxiety, anxiety filled reactions that we give to them in front of them and inform what they think that they should be afraid of and not, or not. It's really insidious. It's very part of everything. You're nervous. Like, your nervous system is contagious. So it's going to be passing it down, whatever. So I'm very passionate about this. You know, I'm very, I'm very, um, I want people to get how little control that we, we think we have control, how little control we are at. We're actually at the effect of all of our ancestry until we face it and we do the work to turn it around. I think it's amazing what you just described and I know speaking for all of us at the Obsessed Podcast, we love your work. We appreciate your work. And what you're saying reminds me of, of a video that I saw on Instagram. 
it was a toddler, maybe about a year, a little more than a year old, and was playing with some animal, maybe a frog or a lizard. And a mother and grandma was around and a toddler fearless, completely fearless. And then until the mother, the toddler passed on the little animal, whatever it was, a lizard or frog to the mother, the mother freaked out, like completely triggered, completely lost it. And it's not and her fault. It's not her fault. And then, and that, and then that, that toddler that was fearless freaked out as a result right. of the mom freaking out. And the reason why I do yeah. this work is because of that responsibility that I have for my son. So, so it reminds that. me of what you're saying, because this, this little innocent child, this toddler baby was fearless, completely mm -hmm. comfortable holding this little bug or whatever animal it was. Mm -hmm. And the mother's fears mm -hmm. triggered this kid. Yeah. yeah. And this is how intergenerational trauma happens that, you know, fear of bugs or spiders or dogs. That's just a kind of a small example. We're talking about much bigger things like what relationships look like, you know, when you were growing up, what was your chances are your parents were involved in a codependent unconscious relationship that had power dynamic struggles with narcissism and codependency. Right. And so you as a little girl, little boy sitting around watching this, you don't know that that's unhealthy and dysfunctional. You just see it as love. This is what family is, right? You're, we're born into a fishbowl, what I call a fishbowl of dirty water. And when you're born into the fishbowl of dirty water, you don't know it's dirty water. You think it's just water until you start looking at other fishbowls going, wait, Okay, like or watching television and seeing it's not appropriate to constantly, you know, hit a child when they didn't get it right. And so we then are faced with the reality that the first half of our lives have been in an unconscious soup, uh, thinking that we have control, but we are literally at the effect of the rules of the systems within our families, government, politics, religion, and there's this inner me that wants to be loved and belong. And then there's a me that wants to be my authentic self. And so what happens is as a child, we fracture from ourselves and create these two polar identities. And this is the beginning of our fragmentation. And it isn't until our relationships break down, our health breaks down, our, we have a wake-up call of some sort um, that forces us to kind of look and go, wait, what rules have I been living under? Whose rules were they? What do I believe? Where did I get those ideas? And it's, it's kind of like the movie, the matrix where you got to find a Morpheus and take the red pill and then recreate, appreciate the journey, but we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We can then create a new aquarium of our own design. So it was a big wake up call for me. And it involves going in and rescuing those wounded younger parts of ourselves that we fractured and fragmented from this inner child that is still, you know, we think that they're not there, but we are 
little children walking around in adult bodies. And so the, the sooner we can all understand that and then become the champion of that and the rescuer of that younger self, we, unless we do that, we are always looking outside of us for the next thing to give us what we haven't learned how to give ourselves. So healing trauma is a spiritual process where we go back and do that. And we learn to contain, be a container for those younger parts that didn't have a mature, understanding, empathetic witness and containment growing up. So this is our chance to do it all over again, the second half. So that's what I'm all, that's what I'm all about right now. I love that you say that it's like, it's not our fault, but it's also not our family's fault either. Right. And one thing I heard recently that it's like, it's not our fault that we're quote unquote messed up in certain ways, but it is our choice to stay that way. Mm. So how do we go from realizing I have these triggers to actually implementing ways to heal that inner wound that we feel and heal that <clears throat> inner child? How do we go from recognizing that we have these triggers to actually taking ownership to healing with that? Most people don't want to go bridge that gap. Most people stop with the awareness of it. And then they say, I, there's no fucking way I'm going to go back there. Let me just avoid it. And let me just talk about it each week to a therapist or whatever. But talking about it is not the same as healing. Coping, there's coping and then there's healing. And so healing requires a deep commitment to building a relationship with that younger self by facing and feeling it. How do we go from that? It's the difference between reading the book about CrossFit saying, wow, or fitness. Wow. It's really important. I can read the book on, you know, eating plant-based and more smoothies and then exercising. The books all say it's really good. I've read the book on it versus enrolling, investing, showing up and doing the actual work which is to show up and be guided, you know, because the truth of the matter is, you know, the books and the podcasts, they're great information and transformation only happens when you show up and embody that work. You show up and you get into the conversation about where it all came from and how old I feel. And then what was that part of me feeling and then feel it and release it. You know, there's very few that go that far. So it, it's, I used to think everybody wants to heal. And then I realized, wow, not everybody does because how do you go from just knowing that I should to doing it? You got to overcome the inertia of the younger part of you that your ego, what's in the way is your ego. Your ego does not want you to go and feel those feelings. Your ego is going to come up with all sorts of stories that are going to try to prevent you from actually facing it. So it's our hero's journey that we're all responsible for. It sucks that it happened to you. I'm sorry that it did. And like the Japanese art coach, Jules, what are you, what is that? Katsugi. Katsugi. Katsugi, where the pottery that's broken is then molten, it is kind of reattached and reconfigured and I guess healed with molten gold healing our traumas work out to be the same thing. The things that have shattered us by doing trauma healing work, which is very painful. That's why you to, to melt gold, you got to put it through the fire, right? 
So it's not going to be done without the fire. You got to sign up and say, I'm ready to be, to put myself through the molt, the purification molting process. And so this is what I guide people through, through my events, through my teaching, uh, through my um, online programs. It's a journey into intimacy within the self through our own emotions that we've been stuffing away, hiding, release, you know, suppressing or repressing to learn how to manage those, to learn how to have a different relationship within our own stuck survival stress and become active operators of our nervous system. So this is what the world needs most right now. I feel that the work that you're doing, if heard, could really change the trajectory of a generation. And I feel that this is a course that needs to be taught in conjunction with Lamaze, if you will, the pre-birth, because a lot of the things, and I've listened to for a long time, a lot of the things that you teach, I'm like, oh, I wish I knew that 10 years ago or 12 years ago, before I had kids. And you being so hyper aware of this, and you are a new father yeah. I, dare I say a geriatric father, but it's true. Geriatric, are, 45 are, years old, and I have a one-year-old. Right. How do you reconcile everything that you know and not making sure you pass this along to the cutest little baby, Dominic? Well, I think a really great, I think a really great awareness is for parents to know that even though I know this work, I'm grateful that I do. And I got to this point before I had a kid that it's wise to know that it's a work in progress. So it's not a finish line. It's more of a system that I've learned. So there's no solution. It's the work is a process. Do you get what I'm saying? It's that I'm going to be bumping up against the challenges, raising my son, his emotions, his temper, his tantrums, his insubordination, his listening, his video game use. I'm going to go through all of that, right? That's what, that's part of my, that's what he's here to do, but that's what part of the game. What's cool about this is that I now know that it's a game. I've now positioned my role as Dominic's father uh, as a spiritual practice and that I'm not here to teach him more than he's here to teach me. He's, he's here to teach me just as much as I'm here to teach him and to be very gracious and kind to myself in the process. The kinder and more gracious that I am to myself in the process, then I'm going to teach him to be that. Because the unfortunate result from trauma is that we abandon ourselves and we're very hard on ourselves, right? And so because of the traumas I went through with my parents, it resulted in me being extremely critical of myself. So the best way that I can parent my son is to be as conscious as I can be. And in the moments that I'm not conscious, because I can't be conscious every single moment, it's for me to be as compassionate towards myself as possible. And then what I'm doing is that I'm teaching my son to be compassionate with himself, which is really the net result of healing the healing work, isn't it? The, the, the result of the healing work isn't a perfect life. It's a relationship with myself that's more compassionate. So if I, if, as a father, I can be that to myself because I'm going to fuck it up sometimes, then I'm teaching my son that he can be compassionate with himself. So that's my plan. I'll let you know how it goes as we go because I'm in <laughs> year one. 
And so far he's alive and he likes me when I see, when I, when I walk in the room, he lights up. So that tells me that there's a, there's a good oh, thing. The best days. Yeah, there's, there's trust and joy. He's not we like got a running. good thing going. If I walk in the room and he freaking lights up like that, I'm like, okay, then I'm doing something you, right. You did good. I love that you said that there's no finish line. That is a system. And there's this common belief. You go through a therapist, you know, you have trauma. You're going through something. You when am I healed? Anxiety, and like, okay, I'm going and I'm healed. I'm going to the therapist, been going to them for years. And they listen to me. They, they help me figure things out. And I am cured. I'm healed. And that's it. Done. That chapter is done. And we, and what you said is so true. It's like eating, right? You don't eat once and you're done. You don't shower once. And you don't need to shower for the rest of your life. And wouldn't it be the same for your emotional work and how much more vital and important dealing with trauma and the emotional baggage and connections compared to eating, compared to showering, Daily. you know? So, so for everyone listening, I really want this to kind of like sit with like, let this marinate in your mind that this is not a linear process. You will need to always be compassionate with yourself. You'll need to always, the system, you're faithful to the system and it'll be faithful to you so that you're able to balance yourself. You're able to go back and and have that compassion that you need, uh, address what you need to address and then move through that, Mm -hmm. move through that moment, move through that. Without suppressing it. Exactly. Without suppressing it. And, um, and I know Tia had some words as we wrap this Beautiful. up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's important as well to, to move through it without suppressing it or destroying the relationships in your path. Usually we don't, you know, we think we got to suppress it. There's suppressing and then there's like overly expressing. And so it becomes an art how to have a healthy, secure, how to have healthy, secure relationships with other people without invalidating yourself, without suppressing yourself, without silencing yourself. It, it is, there's no finish line. We're constantly called on to practice. That's right. There is no finish line. And if we've just barely even scratched the surface of this conversation. So Dr. Nemo, where can our listeners find out more about you and the work that you're doing in your events? Facebook, uh, well, Facebook group, my Facebook group's a great place to start. And if you put your email in on the entry of that group, you get a 90 minute training called becoming trigger proof. It's kind of like a, the steps that we take our clients through the steps that I've been working on myself. It's the medicine that I needed. It's what, what my trainings consist of all of these five elements and how they impact your life and how it's going to improve your relationships, especially with yourself and connection to purpose and all of that, it's included there. My website. And the best place to begin is the events, Breathwork and Badassery. And there's a link, hopefully there I'll give. It's a really great place to start because I lead you into the foundations of this work, healing, trauma healing, and self-healing and breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. And then I lead you into a a meditation with your younger self. And that kind of spills and bleeds into a breathwork session, which is an hour long afterwards. 
where you get to practice your relationship with your breath and the monkey mind and continue that journey that you just began with the little child and some pretty incredible transformations happen in those little containers. So that's the best place to begin if you're curious to learn more. And I have a a clubhouse chat with you guys every Wednesday so far. And on Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, I have another one in Clubhouse as well with my good friend, Dr. Russell Kennedy. So I'm easy to find, Dr. Nima on Instagram. And yeah, there's a lot of content out there on YouTube too. So whatever questions that have to do with healing, transformation of relationships, uh, secure attachments, and connecting to purpose, I'm all, that's my jam. We feel so fortunate to have had you here as our guest finally, and everything about Dr. Nima will be in our show notes. Obsessors, get obsessed with Dr. Nima, get obsessed with your life. Wow, Dr. Nima, you hit this episode out of the ballpark. We are obsessed with you. Get obsessed with Dr. Nima as well. Check the show notes. Follow him on Instagram, follow him on Facebook, and get obsessed with Dr. Nima Ramani. And we want to take this time to thank you. Thank you for being a part of the conversation. Don't forget to DM us on Instagram, crown underscore compass girls. We respond to every message. We adore you. Tap on those five stars. Show us some love. Show us some love because this podcast is about you and for you. So obsessors, right now, start getting obsessed with your life.